Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. This is Taylor Morgan filling in today for Boyd Matheson with my favorite Inside Sources co-host, Leah Murray, (laughs) Professor Leah Murray. Leah, have you heard about ranked choice voting? I have, absolutely. Many, many of us are starting to hear more and more about it. This is a voting method that is gaining popularity uh, nationwide. In fact, Alaska just had its first full ranked choice voting election cycle. And following that, Alaska is now set to send Lisa Murkowski and Mary uh, Patola back to the U.S., to the Congress there. Uh, many other states are trying yeah. out ranked choice voting. Maine as well. I mean, yeah, it was just there are a number of states. Yeah, yeah. And so also many listeners may not know that Utah, the Utah legislature has been piloting the use of ranked choice voting in our municipal elections uh, for years. Right. And so we have now with us joining uh, KSL, Kelleen Potter, the executive director of Utah Ranked Choice Voting. Kelleen, welcome to the show. And what can you tell us about ranked choice voting in Utah? Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity to be with you guys today. Um, The exciting news is in Utah, there were 23 cities that voted to use ranked choice voting last year in 2021 in their municipal elections. A few of them didn't have enough candidates to need to rank choice voting, but 20 of those cities actually had a ranked choice voting election. So for those who are in those cities, you saw a ballot that was a little bit different than what you've seen in the past, where you had the opportunity to rank each candidate in order of your preference rather than just picking one of those candidates. So and I, it was a very successful. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it was a very successful pilot, but I'd love to talk more about it and answer your questions. Yeah, no, I wanted to just know, how did we get there, right? So I feel like Americans get really nervous about things that change, right? You know, so I'm wondering, can you talk to us about how it was the case? I just love the 23 cities Mm. were trying this last year. And I'm wondering, because you're the executive director of Utah Ranked Choice Voting, did you do some work to make it, you know, to educate people about how this could work? I mean, how did we get to the point that that many cities were embracing trying this new way? You know, what's interesting that 20 year, about 20 years ago, ranked choice voting was introduced to Utah through the political parties. Both Republican and Democratic parties have used it in their convention process. Yeah, and Anybody okay. who's those conventions and spent the day doing round after round of balloting really enjoyed it when they adopted this so that they could have everyone just pick all their choices and then run it through a ranked choice voting election. So it was already something that some people in Utah were familiar with. 
Um, a few years ago, I think it was it was 2018, when the legislature approved this pilot project, and there were sponsors from both sides of the aisle. We had someone who was known as one of the most conservative legislators and someone who was known as the most liberal to co-sponsor this legislation to say, let's try this out in cities and see how Utah voters like it. And that was in 2018. So 2019, there were two cities, Payson and Vineyard. And then last year, there were all these other cities that said, yeah, we want to try it as well. Interesting. So it grew from two cities in 2019 to 23 cities in 2021 in in the municipal cycle. Um, Kelling, what what are the arguments for ranked choice voting? What are the benefits of that process? Why would cities decide to try it out? There is a there are a lot of benefits that um, people are looking at, and one of them is that in order to win a ranked choice voting election, a candidate has to have a majority. That means fifty percent plus one votes to be able to say, okay, they won the election. And what that does is it sort of changes the dynamics. It makes it so that a candidate um, is encouraged to be more civil. Instead of saying, hey, I'm the best, the rest of those people are idiots and trying Mm -hmm. to tear them down, they have to come to these voters and say, okay, well, if that's who you're supporting, would you consider me as your second choice vote? I'm also strong on whatever issue. So it makes candidates talk more about issues. It makes them appeal and reach out to a broader spectrum of voters. Um, it creates a more robust debate. People have to look a little deeper. Instead of just saying, I like that person for that issue, they have to look a little deeper to say, okay, who's my second choice if they don't win? Who's my third choice? So naturally, voters become a little more engaged because it's just a different way of looking at it. Um, It allows voters who maybe are supporting a candidate they don't think will win, they're able to vote for that candidate and and Ah, then vote for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it it helps voters really be able to say, OK, this is what matters to me and here's who I'm supporting and know that if that candidate doesn't make it, their second choice candidate will also get their vote. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think right there, right there on point, right, Colleen, that like in Utah, a lot of times what you hear is my voice, my vote doesn't count or my voice isn't heard. Right. And I'm always like your vote barely counts in the presidential election no matter where you are. Right. There's like gamesmanship. Right. Right. right? So they kind of check out of the whole system. But with ranked choice voting, I love it that it's the municipal level, because quite frankly, you know, the shades of difference between candidates should be small, right? These are local and, and elections. And nonpartisan. And they're nonpartisan, and we shouldn't be having hostile, right? So the ranked choice voting, you're like, hey, everyone's trying to be everyone's second choice. Makes it all a little more pleasant. Um, but then I feel exactly. like my stuff counts, right? Exactly. One of the things that's really nice for these cities is they're able to 
not use the primary election at all and just save the cost of that election and then focus just on the general election, which I think for most voters, a few months is plenty of time to figure it out. And so they appreciate shorter, less expensive campaigns in their cities where they don't have to pay for a primary and a general and get people to go through it twice. They can do it all in one election. And that's another nice benefit for these cities. Yeah. They're so using it. Cost savings is this all sounds wonderful, Kelly, but to be fair, I'm sure that there are some criticisms of ranked choice voting. What would you say those criticisms are? I'd say probably the number one criticism is that it feel that some people think it's confusing. Right. Um, it's a new thing, like you said. You know, people are reluctant to change something mm. that they're used to and that they've done it a certain way their whole lives. And so there have been some people say, well, that's really confusing. How do you count them? We don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to us. And so um, that's been probably the biggest concern that I've heard is that. And then some people, some cities even were concerned about if they eliminated the primary, was that enough time for voters to really dig in and understand if there were a lot of candidates on the ballot? Mm -hmm. Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Right. I think the number one thing I was involved in doing some research on this issue with some colleagues is people being confused. Right. So it's like everyone knows what a red light means. It means stop. But if I were to all of a sudden put the red light on the bottom of the light, (laughs) I mean, you might get confused. You're like, I understand how this works, but it's a change. Um, And so I think it's really tailor around educating people in the cities, people understanding how this happens, right? Kind of a public service announcement campaign to explain what's going on. But next up in hour two, let's get into some more good stuff. The lame duck Congress, the Supreme Court, and maybe we'll talk about Twitter. Come back after the break. Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.